0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors Podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, I wanted to do an episode about the second Phoenix Suns game coming up, just a little preview and some thoughts. I don't really do preview episodes, but since, in a weird way, at least for the Warriors, this is a kind of a mini series, I feel like it's important and interesting to look at what just happened, and what might happen in this next game. Of course, the Suns, they do play against the Detroit Pistons, so they'll be coming off of a back-to-back. But that being said, we're looking at the second game, which is now in San Francisco at Chase Center, and this game means a lot, and it also doesn't mean anything. I say that because, just like the first game, This is a battle for the top of the Western Conference and arguably for the unofficial title of best team in the NBA right now. And there was a lot to glean from that previous game, right? We talked about that in the last episode with the professor, Ramesh. And for this next one, though, hey, whichever team wins, whichever team loses, there's going to be excuses all over the place, right? (laughs) There's going to be people arguing even more so on Twitter about like, oh, the Warriors didn't have Clay Wiseman, Andre Godala, and Steph just had like an off night. That's not going to happen all the time. And the Suns can say they didn't have Devin Booker. They played back-to-back. So there's all these asterisks that you could throw in there. But I just wanted to quickly talk about a few things that I'm looking at in this game. I'm looking at the adjustments, right? Looking to see what the Warriors can do. The first thing specifically is can the Warriors figure something out to unlock Steph? Yes, he had his worst night shooting when he's had more than 20 shots. A lot of it could have just been he was really off. But the Suns, they did a great job on defense. They had a great scheme. They guarded Steph well. Mikhail Bridges, as we all know, did a really good job on Steph. And DeAndre Ayton, he blocked one of Steph's threes. And he was able to stay with Steph a lot of the times. So Steph was rushed, Steph was pressured, they were being physical with him. So how much of it was Phoenix is doing and how much of it was just Steph being off? Hard to say. We'll find out. But is there anything that the Warriors can do to give him a little bit more breathing room, to make him a little bit more comfortable? Steph has been through tons of battles, tons of playoff battles, finals battles where People have held him, pushed him, knocked him down, whatever. So he knows what this is like. Maybe he'll just be more prepared for it. He'll be better prepared for taking that and in front of the home crowd, getting up for it. But is there anything else? With Phoenix switching all the time, it does nullify some of the Warriors' motion offense a little bit, but is there a way they can overcome that? Mikhail Bridges is very, very good, and he's only going to get better, but... He's not the best defender Steph has ever faced. If he hits a couple of those shots last game, hey, maybe this all looks different. He just needed that one to go in and it never went in. The one to go in that just opens up the the floodgates, the curry flurries or whatever, and that just never happened. I'll be looking for him to really make a statement in this against Bridges, against Chris Paul. You know, if he reads all the tweets at halftime, imagine how much time he's had to read all the criticisms. Listen to all the prognosticators, all the experts say this, that, and the other, that Steph got shut down by Bridges, that the Suns can beat Steph Curry. So for a guy that feeds off of that for motivation, we'll see. We'll see if he goes off. I'm hoping so. The next thing is can Andrew Wiggins, and to a lesser extent, Damian Lee, who's been out just had a child, him and Steph's sister, Sidell Curry. They just had their first kid, so Damian Lee has been out of the lineup. And when everyone talks about the last game, I haven't heard anyone mention Damian Lee. And he would have made a huge difference because so many guys were out. <laughs> Maybe you don't have to play Chris Chioza if Damian Lee is there. Early in the season, he was averaging 14 points for a while. I think he's down now to like nine-ish, but that would have made a huge difference. And Andrew Wiggins, I mean, I've read and heard enough since that first Suns game, enough people piling on Wiggins saying he's been playing well, but in a big game like this, he just he's just not that guy. But honestly, back spasms. He looked like he was 60 years old out there. He couldn't move like he usually does. So I'll give him that. I don't know if he's going to play against the Suns in the second game. It might be a precautionary thing to sit him out. It's almost like maybe he shouldn't have played in Phoenix. Back issues are really, really rough. They can linger, as Larry Bird knows. But he definitely wasn't himself. And it actually makes me think. I've said many times on this podcast when I was frustrated with Wiggins not showing his Maple Jordan athleticism and not being aggressive and attacking the basket and playing with aggression and force. Part of me thought that maybe he does that to preserve his health, you know? lessen the impact on his joints, on his back, on his legs, on his knees. And I don't know, I'm just, it's all conjecture at this point, but he has been playing with way more force. And for the first time he has back issues. So I wonder if he was actually onto something, but who knows, who knows? Just a coincidence, perhaps. We all know that one of the flaws the Warriors have had in the non-Kevin Durant years is not having... A guy in pressure situations, high leverage playoff games, playoff-like games that can just go get a bucket when the beautiful game, the system, the flow offense is not cutting it, is not working. When you had Kevin Durant, easy bucket. One of the greatest scorers of all time, unstoppable. Five seconds left on the shot clock, give it to KD and he'll get a bucket. Now, Wiggins obviously is the replacement at small forward and he's nowhere close to being anything like KD, but he's also not Harrison Barnes either. Wiggins can go get a shot if he needs to. It's just that he's working into that consistency right now. He has like seven years of a terrible reputation that he's working his way out of, potentially. It seems like it. You wouldn't want him as your number one option, but as your three or four, hey, get a bucket, get to the line. When healthy, I think he could help with that. I mean, the other thing is he's been missing his free throws lately, so hopefully hopefully he can start hitting those, or else it doesn't really help as much outside of getting you into the bonus sooner and getting some of their guys in foul trouble. Jordan Poole was great, and if he can bring that, that's huge. But if Wiggins is feeling better and he plays, and he can bring you more of what he normally does, and if D. Lee can just come in there and, if anything, hit a couple shots and prevent the Warriors and Steve Kerr from playing Chris Chioza so many minutes, then that would help. The third thing is what can the Warriors figure out against DeAndre Ayton? I was impressed by Ayton beginning of last season. I thought he was just a big stiff, but he's way more athletic than I ever thought. And that's, that's tough. He's got good touch around the basket. And clearly he had his way early on against the Warriors defense against Kavon Looney, even against Draymond Green. Obviously, James Wiseman is out there somewhere, but he's not ready for this one. I wonder if you play Jonathan Kaminga against him, just for some spot minutes even. Try him out. Kaminga is tough. He's physical. He's athletic. Definitely not as big, but it's a different look, and you get to save Draymond, and he'll do a better job than Looney, at least in terms of athleticism. Maybe not in terms of technique, but it would give you another guy out there. And then on the flip side, on offense, Kaminga would give you way more than Looney for sure. And he would also force Phoenix to pay attention to him as a lob threat, as an offensive rebounder, as a dump-off guy. I wouldn't mind seeing that, especially now that they're back at Chase Center. Maybe in the first game, Steve Kerr didn't want to give it a shot because, you know, he's rolling with what he's rolling with. And the Warriors had a lead for a hot second. So you don't want to test Kaminga on the road in this high-pressure situation. But maybe now it's something he'll try. I mean, I would have loved to have seen Kaminga in Phoenix, but now in San Francisco, just another big body. And in the long term, you know, you hear Bill Simmons talked about Miles Turner trading James Wiseman for Miles Turner. And a year ago, I'd be like, hell no, hell no. And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, well, now that we can see that Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga and to a lesser extent so far, Moses Moody, are kind of these future young bridge players, potentially, maybe Wiseman is more expendable. Maybe if you foresee Wiseman and Kaminga down the road, kind of conflicting a little bit with Kaminga as a small ball center, forcing Wiseman off the court, then maybe you make that move. Maybe you see like, okay, we're not giving up the future. We have a future, but then we're just ensuring the present a little bit more. It's intriguing, but here's the thing. It's early. It's early. That was the 21st game of the season. And you've waited on James Wiseman this long. I want to see how good he is. I want to see what he looks like out there. If he stinks, yes, his trade value probably goes down. But I doubt he will stink as long as he's healthy. I mean, if he can play eventually at the end of the season, reasonable minutes, and I'm not talking playing straight up with DeAndre Ayton in the sense that they cancel each other out. That's not going to happen yet. That's not going to happen in the 2021-2022 season. But I will say that I think James Wiseman can get to the point where he'll give you good minutes against a DeAndre Ayton type. He might foul out, but he'll give you 15-20 to 20 where Ayton has to work, where Ayton doesn't get to just drop it over a 6-6 power forward or a 6-9 center who can't jump. I wasn't willing to sell low on Wiseman over the summer or at the start of the season. I'm not necessarily willing to sell low right now either. Uh, the whole thing is that the Warriors need to see this lineup intact, and it's almost there. There's no panic, right? There should be no panic. DeAndre Ayton is not the reason the Warriors are going to lose. He contributes to that, but let's not shuffle the deck completely over one game or even two. Let's see this whole lineup out there with Clay, Andre, Damian Lee, Wiseman, and then roll it out. See what we got. I wish Devin Booker was playing tomorrow because I want to see how well they do with a full lineup against the Warriors. Miles Turner would be really helpful, but I don't know, as tempting as it could be to punt on Wiseman and just ensure that you have that big body, that tough guy in the middle, that veteran experience who can just handle it. I want to wait and see what this squad has intact. Because this team is still damn good. And a couple of those other shots fall. Some of those terrible turnovers the Warriors had. If they don't cough the ball up, that first game turns out another way. Just because Steph shot terribly and, and Draymond threw some terrible passes doesn't mean that James Wiseman should be on the move. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-CAMPLER. And that's the funny thing. I was listening to another show and it was a national show and they were talking about how, I mean, they brought up Bradley Beal again. I thought that was dead. You know, Bradley Beal as the guy who can just go get a bucket. Sure. Great. But like, what? Before this game, all that talk had died down and maybe it was just one or two voices, but I'll be damned if that's going to become a thing again. All of a sudden, after one loss where Steph just shot poorly. Yes, it's an issue. There's an issue of when defenses tighten up in big games, in the playoffs, how are you going to score if the shots aren't falling? I mean, we've seen the Warriors' shots not fall. We've seen that against Charlotte. We've seen that against Memphis. And for Steph, we saw it against Phoenix. I don't think it's necessary. I think if Wiggins is healthy, he gives you a lot more. I think pool negates some of that need. And of course, right now, we're just talking about on-court stuff. I mean, there's all the contracts and who you'd have to trade to get Bradley Beal. I mean, to me, that ship has sailed. That case is closed, whatever. The Warriors will be fine. They'll be there standing at the end as long as health stays on their side to a reasonable extent. I always say that three goals are health, playoff positioning, and getting The newer, younger guys who haven't played big playoff minutes, who haven't seen those pressure situations, getting them acclimated to it, getting them prepared for those games, that environment. And in the first Phoenix game, health, sure. Everyone stayed healthy and they got their guys who weren't playing rest, I suppose. They didn't come out of this game unhealthier. Playoff positioning, hmm. they lost. So they're now tied for first in the West and first in the league. It's a loss. So what have you? You move on. And then in terms of getting the guys acclimated, yeah, Moody and Kaminga didn't play. Wiggins had, he had an off game fighting back spasms. But Jordan Poole, like I mentioned in the last episode, he showed he's prepared for this. He showed he loves the big moments and the big games. He's not afraid and he wants the shot. And those are the guys that help you win. Anyway, those are the things I'm looking for in this next game. Like I always say, take the long view, you know? You look at these games break down what are good things, what are bad things, what are things that are correctable, things that are starting to get a little problematic and just keep trying to improve and hope that health stays on your side. Oh, and the last thing, the last thing I actually want to mention is how will the Chase Center crowd be? Outside of the Memphis Grizzlies play-in game at the end of last season, this will be the biggest game in Chase Center in terms of the atmosphere, in theory, and the two best teams. Again, going at it, I've never been at Chase Center, but who is in this Chase Center crowd? What is the makeup of this crowd? During games, you see a lot of empty seats to start and a lot of empty seats at the start of the third quarter. So I don't know if it's because people show up late. Don't know if it's because there's COVID testing and screening that backs them up before they can get in or if people are stuck in line to get beer and hot dogs or if the line for the bathroom is just way too long, but does this crowd have a soul, you know, or is it just like I have a lot of money (laughs) and I'm just going to go to a show and like, you know, cheer when things are going good and just sit on my hands when things are going bad. I don't know. You'll never really capture the old Oracle because those crowds were full of people who were just rabid fans. The old Oracle crowd was starved for success, starved for the spotlight on their team. The crowd that's developed over the last several years are they spoiled? You know, are they just more of a crowd that's just waiting for something good to happen? And we saw that change. As the Warriors dynasty moved forward, the prices went up and other people started taking those spots. And in Chase Center, that obviously seems like the whole point of building Chase Center so you could have more people paying more money. And I'm not going to get deep into like the socioeconomic angle on this, but just plain and simple, are the people at Chase Center going to have a vibe? And what will that vibe be? Casual or intense? Hoping for the latter, right? hoping for the latter. Because one thing is those moments we've all seen where Steph, you know, goads the crowd on, he puts his arms up and tells them to get louder to get into the game when he plays to the crowd. And then Jordan Poole has done that a few times. I mean, part of that is showmanship, but part of it is also, it seems like he feels the need to get that crowd going. A home crowd helps so much, obviously. And in a game like this, it could give that little boost that will help Steph's shot get just a little bit more online, hopefully. I'm looking forward to this one and I'm hoping for a Warriors win, but whichever team wins, it's just a win. Whichever team loses, it's just a loss. Without Booker, without Clay, without Wiseman, these teams are incomplete. And I mean, the only thing is if like one team blows the hell out of the other, that might actually mean a little something. Anyway, that's another episode of the Open Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Open Warriors. Check us out at OpenWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Open Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you get a chance, we would love if you could leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and, even better, leave us a glowing review where you say, really, really